Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. Our vision is to extend and establish the influence of the kingdom of God by equipping the saints for the work of ministry. We hope that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. You may be seated, please, and good morning to everyone. We are going through a series of studies entitled Greatness Through Process. So if you were not here last week, I'm not going to repeat everything that I said last week. It's pointless. You can go on SoundCloud on our website and listen to the sermon because it's already uploaded. Greatness Through Process Part 2 this morning. And in our previous study, we have discussed the definition of greatness in God's eyes. So when God talks about greatness, what does he mean in the eyes of the Lord? We also spoke about the essence of greatness. What makes a person great in God's eyes? Because God's definition is very different from the world's definition of greatness. Greatness in God's eyes is becoming the kind of person that God created you to be and doing what God created you to do. That's that's as simple as I can put it. God measures the greatness of a person's life by how well he serves those whom God has given him. The essence of greatness is found in your authenticity. That's what we talked about last Sunday. What does it mean to be an authentic person? It means you are genuine. It means you are real. Or another word, authorized. In other words, you're not pretending to be who you're not. You're not fake. The opposite of of genuine is fake, false, or unauthorized. Amen? You got it? This morning, we're going to study and look at the process that God takes us through in our journey of faith in order to bring His greatness out of us, because there is a seed of greatness in every person that God created and brought on this earth. God put something great in you. The Bible says Christ in us is the hope of glory. Amen? So we're going to look at the process in which God takes us through in order to mold us and to make us the kind of people that God originally intended for us to be. You with me? Raise your hand if you're with me. Praise God, you're listening. So we're going to go to our foundation scriptures that are found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 13 through to 17, and we will also read verse 80. The Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 1, verses 13 through to 17, and we will also read verse 80. 
These verses of Scripture are speaking about John the Baptist, his birth, his life, and his ministry. But the angel said to him, that is to Zechariah, John's father, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. Because of his life and ministry, because John the Baptist became the kind of person that God created him to be, doing what God had called him to be, resulted in turning many back to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. That was his assignment. That was his mission in life. Once you fulfill your mission in life, that is the kind of assignment that God has given to you when he created you. Every person on the face of the earth has been brought onto this earth for a specific purpose. You're not just a number among the millions. God created you and wired you in a unique way. He made you to be an original, not a copy. And he also gave you an assignment or assignments in your life. Fulfilling that assignment will result in many people being blessed through you. Not, ju not just yourself, but through your life and through your assignments, many will be touched and blessed. And so John the Baptist became great. How come? Because he went through the process that God put him through. In verse 80 we read, And so the child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his manifestation to Israel. Now even though John, the scripture says, was filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb, he still needed to submit to God's process of growth and development before he became great. You see, the scripture says in verse 80, the child grew and became strong in spirit. So, John the Baptist's preparation was done, according to the scriptures, in the desert. And he was willing to remain hidden in the desert until God finally equipped and prepared him and then released him onto the stage of the world. You see, there was a process of preparation for John. And during his process of preparation, God had him 
in the desert. Now, one could say, as you look at and study the scriptures, that the deserts is the school from which every believer must graduate before he or she can move into fulfilling your divine purpose God created you for. Just like in the natural, a person who desires to become a doctor, a medical practitioner, a nurse, an accountant, a carpenter, whatever you desire to become, you have to go through what? A process of training, a process of education. You don't just step into your assignment. You go to school for years and years, and you study for years and years, and finally, you are given a certificate that you are well qualified to do what you desire to do in the first place. Even so, the Lord will take you through your own process of preparation and equipping and training and discipline. And God's school is very different from the world's school. There are some lessons you can only learn in God's deserts. And so John remained in the desert, remained in hiddenness until he was fully prepared. Now the process of preparation, listen to me, is vitally important. You cannot bypass that. And yet few realize how important the process of preparation is. And that is why very few graduate in God's school. You ever read the scripture, many are called, but very few are chosen. Why are few chosen? Why is it that few God will anoint and trust because they've gone through and qualified through the process that God put them through? You're listening. Now, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36 says, For you have need of endurance. While you're going through the preparation, we have need to patiently wait on God. That we don't become impatient. That we don't get discouraged and throw in the towel. That we don't walk away from God's dealings and from God's process in our lives. It may be difficult. It may be hard. But that is why the need to endure and to be patient so that after we have done the will of God, we can receive the promise or receive the reward or graduate from God's school of discipline and training. Also, many try to rush the process that God takes them through. Now, you cannot rush this. Development takes years, folks. Nothing works instantly when it comes to the kingdom of God. You need to endure and be patient. There's nothing instant in God's kingdom. God has a way of working and dealing with us. And we need to be patient. You can't rush it. You can't speedy it up. You can delay it, but you cannot rush it. 
You're listening. And many, because they are impatient with God and the way God deals with them, they run ahead of God. And when you run ahead of God because you're impatient, what happens is you short-circuit God's ways and God's dealings with you. And, of course, they are met with failure and disappointment. We have many disappointed Christians. We have many on the spiritual junk because they have not understood God's ways of dealing with his people. Now, if we want to achieve greatness in the eyes of the Lord, we must submit to the process for however long it takes. Why? Because in order for you and I to fulfill our God-given assignment requires more than physical or mental strength. It requires spiritual strength. You've got to be strong in spirit. You, we read how John became strong in spirit. Now, if you're not strong in spirit, you will never be able to fulfill your assignment because it takes spiritual fortitude to complete the task that God has given you, whatever the task is. When you find God, when you have an intimate relationship with God, when you walk with the Holy Spirit from day to day, you learn and you discover the thing that God has called you to do, whatever that thing is. No one knows, only God, and the only person you're going to get it from is from the Holy Spirit. Now, so in order to do and to qualify us, to make us competent, or another word, if I can put it this way, to authorize us, to fulfill our mission, God takes us into the desert. Now, when the Bible speaks of the desert, it speaks of hard and difficult places, uncomfortable to the flesh. They are places of discipline. They are places of learning how to obey the Lord because that's how we learn obedience. The Bible says that Jesus, even though he was a son, how did he learn obedience? He didn't bring it from heaven. He learned it through the suffering that he went through. And so it is, it is a place where we learn to obey God. It is a place where we learn to discern God's voice from every other voice that comes at us. That's where we learn. That's where we grow. That is where we develop. Not when you're comfortable, when your flesh is uncomfortable. Listen to what God said to the children of Israel in relation to the deserts and why he took them through the deserts. Why did God lead them in the desert? Why didn't he take them around? They could have done the journey in 12 days. But God purposely led them through the wilderness. And then he explains to them why he took them through the wilderness. Listen to what he says in Deuteronomy chapter 8. So he humbled you. No, let's read from verse 2. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years 
in the wilderness. For what purpose? Read that. Why? To humble you. You see, the deserts or the difficult places or the challenges that we face in life have a unique way of humbling us. They divorce us from our pride and our selfishness. He says, I led you that way to humble you and to test you to know what was in your heart. Now, God knew what was in the heart of the children of Israel, but they didn't know. And you will never know what's deep inside your heart until you hit the rough places. When you're being squashed, when you're being pressed, when you're facing a challenge that is beyond your own ability or strength, what, what's inside you will come out of you. And sometimes we are shocked at the things that come out of us, the anger that comes out of us, the things that we say that come out of us. And, and, and that is why you will only know what you're made of when you go through these difficult, rough places. God said, I took you through the wilderness so you can see what was in your heart. For what purpose? So they can repent and ask God to change them and to change the ways. You recall every time the children of Israel went through a difficult place, what did they do? Did they raise their hands and thank God and trusted Him to get them out of it or to provide for them? No. They started complaining and they started murmuring and they started fighting against Moses and against Aaron and they complained against Him. Why? Because in them there was a rebellious nature that God was dealing with. You're still with me? Now, so he humbled you and allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. And you should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. Now the word chasten means, listen, to inflict suffering upon for purposes of moral improvement. That's what chasten means. Another word we use is chastise. Another word that is used is discipline. That's where we get the word disciple from. We have many believers in the church, but very few disciples. So, it means suffering for the purpose of moral improvement. You mean the God of love will put me through that? Whom the Lord loves, he does what? He chastens. He disciplines. He corrects. Now God will accept you and I as we are when we come to him. But he doesn't leave you as you are. He begins his work in you to mold you 
and to bring out of you the greatness that he's placed in you so that the world can see the glory of God in you. You know how diamonds are made? Through buffeting them, through pressure and fire. And God will not rescue us from that. Listen to what Hebrews, the book of Hebrews says. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. My son, or my daughter, do not despise, there's that word again, the chastening of the Lord. Nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, and listen to that word, and scourges every son whom he receives. Wow. What is the definition of scourge? Anybody? <laughs> it's the rod. It's the discipline. Now, follow me through as I read the next verse. If you endure chastening, notice that when God chastens you, it's important that you not get discouraged. Because many get discouraged when God disciplines them. They take that as a form of rejection. Especially people who have grown up in a home where there's no father, in the home where there's no discipline, they come to church, they experience the new birth, the love of God, the, the joy of the Holy Spirit, the peace of God. And when God begins to discipline them, either direct or indirect, they take that as a form of rejection because they've never been disciplined at home. They did whatever they wanted to do. They went out, they came in at their will. You're listening to me. But the way God trains you is through discipline. If you endure chastening, in other words, if you don't get discouraged and walk away, I've seen many people walk away from the discipline of the Lord. When they come, there's a period of honeymoon. Oh, what a great church, what a great worship, great preaching pastor, praise God. That lasts for a few months. Afterwards comes the training part. You know why God put me here? To bring greatness out of you. I'm a coach. I equip people for their life's assignment. That's what ministers of the gospel ought to do. They ought to equip and train you for what God has called you to do. Hello? And there is no training without discipline. So the honeymoon ends, and when the discipline time comes, I've heard that so often. It's a new season, Pastor. The Lord is leading me elsewhere. That's how orphans are born and vagabonds. They don't like discipline. They only want love. But God is love. I'm not denying that. But love has discipline in. And so, if you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. 
For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening or discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not true sons. The word illegitimate in the Greek language is the word bastard. So people who don't receive or accept the discipline of the Lord, they are illegitimate children. They're not true sons. How do I know when someone is a true son or not? When I correct them the way they receive correction. Hello? You still love me? Okay, furthermore, we have had human fathers, at least some of us, anyway, who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? Question mark. For they... Indeed, for a few days, chastened us as seemed best to them, but he, for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. God measures greatness in you by the content of your character and not the measure of talent or gift that you have. There are many gifted and anointed people that have no character. And the reason being is because they've run away from the discipline of the Lord. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. It is painful to our flesh, but it's good for our spirits. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So you can either be trained by the chastening or not be trained by it and never learn anything. The children of Israel have not learned anything. God was preparing them for great things in order for them to enter into the promised land. They failed to be trained. They were not exercised by the discipline. They rebelled against God. Therefore, they died in the desert, never entering the promised land. According to the word, God takes every child of his through the process of discipline. Moses was disciplined and prepared way. Remember, he was a prince in Egypt. The Bible says he suffered the loss of all things. From a prince, he became a shepherd, looking after his father-in-law's sheep for 40 years. When God sent him to Egypt to fulfill his life's assignment, he was 80 years of age. So there is hope for you and I. Imagine 80 years of age just starting to fulfill what God called you to do. Remember, training takes years. You can delay it. 
or you can miss what God is trying to do in your life if you haven't learned how to submit and be obedient. Now, the children of Israel, we talked about them. Scripture says John became great. John the Baptist. He was not born great. None of us is born great. But he became great through the process the Lord put him through. And the secret, of course, is what we're talking about this morning. The process, the journey that God takes you through in order to bring the very best out of you. Amen? Now, for example, let's look at great athletes who achieve greatness in their sphere of expertise. Now, these great athletes, they win medals, right? They achieve greatness. How do they do it? They have one thing in common. What do they have in common? Anybody? Huh? They have competent coaches. And the great athlete, before he becomes great, he submits to that coach, whether he likes him or not. And whether he likes what the coach tells him to do. You don't win medals by doing your own thing and doing what you feel like doing. They don't do that. They, they, they are disciplined in their diet. They are disciplined in their exercise. For hours they exercise, listening to the coach. They submit to the training. And then they come out of their training, and you see them on stage. But you don't see what they went through before they get on the stage. You with me? <laughs> Praise God forevermore. God disciplines you direct through His Word, through His Spirit. But there's another way, indirect, through those He has appointed to equip you. The pastors, the evangelists, the, the prophets, the apostles. Now, if you sit in church and all you do is just hear and not do what they say, you're never going to qualify. Hello? And then you're going to complain, why, why other people are so blessed and I'm not? Why are you not blessing me, O oh Lord? And look at them, they are blessed, but I'm not blessed. Hello? Joseph matured, the scripture says, by the things that he suffered. He successfully submitted to the process in order to qualify for what God prepared him for. You know the life of Joseph. He had a great calling on his life, but he went through great discipline. Now, the Word of God says in Psalm 105, verse 19, until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested Joseph. Or you could say the word of the Lord disciplined him or chastised him. Imagine being sold by your own brothers as a slave. Imagine being accused and ending up in Egypt's rotten prison for something you did not do. Now, the easiest thing for Joseph to do was to uh, start, why, why has this happened to me? Why, God? You know, many believers are, why, why? 
Maybe it's not because you did something wrong, but because you're doing something right. Joseph was thrown in prison, not for something he did wrong, but for something he did right. He ran away from temptation instead of giving into it. And he ran into the prison. And he was there for years, folks. Yet we never read in Scripture Joseph being discouraged at any time. He submitted to the process. He knew that he was in God's hands, and wherever he was, he began to serve those whom God placed in his sphere of influence. That's greatness. I listened to Michael's testimony the other day at pastors. It blessed my heart, brought tears to my eyes. He said, when I am where God put me, and when I'm doing what God called me to do, I'm really at peace with myself and with God and those around me. I am fulfilled. That's greatness. Being who God made you to be, doing what God called you to do. Simple as that, isn't it? And yet, sometimes it takes years to come to that place where you are at peace with yourself and you are at peace with what God has called you to do and at peace with whom God has called you to be. I see that my time is up there. I want to limit this study to a 30-minute sections. I don't want to give you too much. So you need to understand that God has a unique process through which he takes you through in order to bring the greatness he has placed in you and display it to the world. And he has placed you at the right place in the right church. Whether you become uncomfortable or not is irrelevant. Because if you only go to church where you're comfortable, where nobody asks you what you're doing, gets involved in your life, corrects you at times when you're not doing what you're supposed to do, gets in your face in love, then why, why waste your time? When you leave that place of worship and your heart is not touched, the Spirit is not convicting you. You're just the same as you came in and you go out. What do you, what do you waste your time there for? Hello? I want to go somewhere where I'm equipped and I'm trained and I'm disciplined. And there are times when I say to the Lord, God, do not withhold or withdraw your hand of discipline from my life. Amen? So as Michael led us in song, it's in the press and it's in the crushing where new wine is, is made. And God puts us through the same process. The grapes, before you get new wine out of them, before you, what do you do? You crush them. And sometimes the tests and trials of life, they're so crushing. They bring us to the end of ourselves. I don't know about you, but I often I said, Lord, I can't take this anymore. You come to the end of yourself because you realize how weak and how limited you are. 
But that's the good news. When you come to the end of your strength, that's when you enter into God's strength. Amen? Let's stand and thank the Lord for His, for His training. Thank Him for the journey that He has taken you through and for the journey you are going through now. Thank Him for it. J.W. Tozer said something like that, and I want to read it to you. Uh, I pray that I will find it. Can you put it up on the board, please? Very... He said the following, When I understand that everything happening to me is to make me more Christ-like, it resolves a great deal of anxiety. See? When you understand that everything happening to you, everything, not just some things and not just some good things, but everything, including what you consider as bad things, they are to make you more like Christ. Then a great deal of anxiety leaves you and you become at peace. Father, we thank you for the journey. We thank you that you're taking us through a unique journey for every family, for every individual. There is a road that we must walk on. There is a path that we must walk on. There is a process that we must go through in order to learn obedience, in order to learn humility, in order to learn patience, in order to develop character, in order to become more Christ-like. And that includes the good and the bad. Thank you for the tests and the trials. Thank you for the blessing as well. We receive everything that you have brought into our lives, dear Lord, or allowed into our lives in order to make us great in the sight of the Lord. We give you praise and thanks today in the wonderful name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.